your body, for you are the head. And you are building your church. And your church lives from your way. And she is able to do the things that she's instructed to do. But from the power and the reference and the motivation and the substance of Christ in us, love, the hope of glory, not out of performance, not out of flesh, not out of fear, not having the law, not out of having to, but we get to because there's a substance greater in me than what's in the world. It's greater in me and it defines everything that's in the world. And God, I can't contain you and I'm not gonna contain you. I'm gonna release you today. I'm gonna preach you today, my Father. And I pray that my brothers and sisters would hear you. They would hear the word that would set them them free. It would hear the word that would build them up. They would hear you, my Father, and you would change them in a moment and transform them through the knowledge that is coming out of my mouth. Give us ears to hear and a heart to receive and eyes to see you in the fullness of the color in which you are, God, for you are and you will always be. I am Thank you that your spirit is always present in us and around us to teach us. And he's here to teach. He's in you to teach you all that there is and all that has been prepared for us as his children. And when I say us, I mean the body of Christ worldwide. That there would be an anthem that the body responds to. It's called him. He is the anthem. He is the ark. It's no longer a boat. It's a person. And he's saving people to the fullness of not just sin, but the born again, brand new, resurrected, indestructible life in his son. So those that are Christ-like live like he did on the earth, who are able to say when they are persecuted and offended and suffer for Christ, Father, forgive, for they do not know what they are doing because the power in me is greater than the offense. And I have compassion on the one who's offending me because I see, Father, that they don't know who they are. And they're only responding out of their brokenness. So I'm going to love them and love them and love them until the brokenness breaks. And they cry out to me. And I will heal every broken heart that cries out to me. But I won't just heal them. I will set them ablaze. I will fix them. And I will send them into the world to be a message and a message and a person of hope. We are to be the witnesses, not just speak. We are the message. We have a message, but we are the message. We are a signpost that points people to the one who loves us. Let your light shine. Become the greatest signpost you can be in him through surrendering and submitting your life while you still can. And give him all you are, not parts, not bits, not the bits you don't like. Give him everything and let him 
like Sarah said, go to work and build you so you can never be offended, never act unbecomingly, always being patient, always being kind whenever it is called upon you. Not because you take a thought captive, because it's who you are. That is awesome, but that is the means towards a greater, much greater end where you don't have to think, you just now are and am because you've been transformed. If you haven't guessed, I am incredibly excited. And I'm going to try and keep the level roundabout here. I don't have to, but I sense he wants me to. So I don't freak people out at what is possible in him. Uh, you know, you can spend five minutes with him and he can show you mysteries. Five minutes, five seconds. He can unveil things in a heartbeat like that. When he sees a hunger and a thirst for something, him. He is so willing to reveal himself. He did this. Then he did this. And then he said, come follow. And he sent a person called the Holy Spirit so we could walk above the earth, not on the earth. How much of your body actually touches the earth? How much of my body is touching the earth right now? Two or three mil. My feet. I'm floating. Hear what I'm saying? Why do you think Jesus only had to wash the disciples' feet and not their entire body? Because their body wasn't grounded to the earth. Do you know you can walk above the earth, but beyond the earth? You can live a life beyond. But if you don't believe, it will never become your reality. And I'm sharing from testimony. Not information, testimony. I am being profoundly changed by love, by a person. And part of what I'm gonna share today, if I can get to it, is love does not take into account a wrong suffered. Love does not take into an account of wrong suffered. Greg, are you saying that love never takes into an account a wrong suffered? I'm not, he is. So he is not a liar, is he? And he performs on his promises, does he not? So if he says it, it's possible. And he wants to do a work in us so then we live the possible life out in Christ. Fear call. But here's the thing, and I was in a discussion with a mate on Friday in relation to going after this life. You see, this life won't just fall on your lap. It won't just be opened in a wheat bix packet like you can win lotto, you know, $5 lotto ticket. Oh, I'm a five million pound millionaire, yay. Doesn't come like that. God looking, God looks for a heart that is wholeheartedly his. And the Bible says he's looking to and fro to support those who are all in. 
and will allow Him to be Lord, not just Saviour. We love the Saviour part, don't we? The Lordship issue, do you know, is where all the life is? See, if you're not under Lordship, you can really forget about abundant life. You see, it's unconditional that gets you in, but then it becomes very conditional on your obedience. So when Jesus said, I come to bring life, that's saviorship. But if you want abundant life, it's lordship. Your life has to come under me, and it has to come into an alignment of me, and my way must become your way. Otherwise, you will always wonder why you're not in life, you're being covered by life, but you're not in life and it's not in you. So you'll always be willing and wanting to do things in the spirit, but your flesh will always trip you up. And you will never be able to do what your spirit in you desires to do because you're not under the lordship. You don't have his power operating in and through you that enables you to live out lordship. And it is all conditional on your basis of obedience. And so your ability to never take into an account when you are suffered is dependent on your lordship. He wants to be Lord of your heart, Lord of your mind, Lord of your soul, Lord of your emotions, Lord of your will, Lord of your body. Every part of you he wants to save, spirit, soul, body, every part. Not just your spirit, and then you live from your soul realm. You live from your mind, your will, your emotions. He will let you live from there, but you will never be able to love people the way we're looking at. And yet, we have been predestined before we were ever born to be able to walk in His shoes. We are to be the copy of Christ in the substance of Christ, not a foreshadowing. He is the prototype. And if Christ is the substance of Christ lives in me, the Word of God, then I'm able to imitate God, not because I'm trying, I'm not copying, I just live as He lived, because it's really Him in me. So imagine Him literally in me, and now He lives, so He loves on Danny because it's Christ in me that loves Danny. It's not Greg loving Danny, it's Christ in Greg loving Danny. So when Danny comes and maybe he offends or he says something because he doesn't know who he is or he's broken a vessel and he just acts as a child, as an orphan who's struggling, fighting because he's found something he wants and I ask him to give it and he goes, no, and he manifests the Christ in me because it's Christ loves without taking into the offense that's coming at me. You see, it's very dangerous to take the offense in you. Jesus said, I want to give you my peace that's going to guard your heart and your mind so you never take this, the arrow, the, 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 the poison of the offense in. As soon as you let offense in, bitterness starts to rot you out into the innermost being. You know your greatest enemy is not the adversary, it's your inner me. Your greatest enemy is your inner realm, you, the flesh man, that's still living because you're not under the lordship of Jesus Christ. 
So you are justified by his blood. You will find yourself with him. But you know what? While on earth, you're never able to live what this says you can live out because you actually fight lordship. And you continue to say no when he's saying yes. Because mainly fear is binding you up. Because you don't know the unknown and you're trying to stay in control of your life. And he says you need to let go. Be still and know. I was told after I preached this, thank you very much. Somebody doesn't want to see, do they? It means let go. Be still means let go and know I am God. Why? So you can live the life that you were called to live, chosen, hand-selected, his story. But if we take into an account a wrong, suffered, it'll eat you alive. That's why he says confess. That's why he says brings it. That's cleansing streams. We've grown up in environments. People have offended us. Look, we're on a journey of becoming perfect, aren't we? It's a journey. It's a process. None of us starts perfect. Be perfect like your heavenly Father is perfect, Matthew 5. It means grow up and be mature in me. Press on to maturity so you can live the mature life, but that takes time, and that's a process because God is a builder of people. So he understands that. So he covers us with love and then empowers us with love. And part of the process of transformation is being built on the inside. So when offense comes, you don't get offended. And this is what's possible in Christ, not in your strength, The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy is a fruit of Christ. If I'm in Christ, I have joy, and joy is my strength. So there's another strength in me that then loves on the offense and covers the offense. Love covers a multitude of sins, and it covers and enables someone to be restored from love. But this is not natural life. This is not earthly. This is eternal. This is an eternal life. Do you know that's the life that God came to bring us? Sandra did a phenomenal message on the 12th of April at night. Can I encourage you to go and eat it? And she talks about two things. She talks about the life that we are to be in, and she talks about the word that creates that life ambassadors of heaven living on earth are not earthlings waiting to get to heaven. They are people from another realm called heaven living on earth. Okay? This is the Lord's prayer that we think is just about signs and wonders coming. It's not. It's our Father who art in him, hallowed be night, thy kingdom come on earth as it is somewhere. So what he's saying is the reality that's in heaven is to come, 
the kingdom into the vessels called the church. Because that's where Jesus said the kingdom is. It's a spiritual reality, not a physical one, in the church, in the hearts and the minds of you and I, which is why lordship is so important. So he's saying, I want my kingship, my lordship in my people. Why? So my people can live as ambassadors from the kingdom realm, which is heaven, which is real and tangible and operating right now where all the angels are singing. That reality of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, all those things, righteousness, holiness, worthiness can be manifesting in the earth, the manifold wisdom of God. Through the vessel God has chosen and called before the foundation of the earth called God's people. What an invitation. That's our inheritance now, not later, now. There are other inheritance waiting in the future, like reigning with him back on earth, but that, I'm talking about stuff now, so we actually are able to live the life we are called for. So when offense comes, how many people have been offended? How many people have offended? What happened when you got offended? Did love come out of you and cover the offense? Or did you take it into yourself and then did you offend back? Because you weren't great enough to be able not to be offended, so then you offended. Or did you cover that offense because Christ in you, love, covers a multitude of offense because Christ is operating, living in his vehicle called the church. What would a people group called the church look like who lived that way? What would it just look like? Turn to the person beside you and say, what, wow, what would a marriage look like? What would families look like? What would communities look like? What would the church actually look like if she actually lived the way she's called to live and empowered to live? It would be amazing, wouldn't it? I don't think this building would be big enough for at least 10 services on a Sunday. Every person is looking for love. And they want to know, will they be loved? And can I love? Two things. Every person seeking belonging. Belonging. Who do I belong to? Jesus came looking for the Israelites, didn't he? Firstly, not Gentiles the lost tribe of his father that the father pushed away that went into the world. I've come for the lost tribe of Israel. Why? Because they belong to me. The lost sheep. Not you Gentiles yet. The lost sheep of Israel. They belong to me. They're my fathers. The nation. The people. Not the land. The people. And then there are these people called Gentiles who were also chosen before the foundations of the earth to be my people. And then I blend the two together and call them one people. Not two people, one people. It's called the grafted in people. We don't substitute one people for another like we've done. They are the grafted in people. And they are a people of the spirit, not the flesh. 
Because before the foundations of the earth, I chose a people of the spirit of the order of Melchizedek who had no genealogy. They had no mother or father. He was not of the earth. He was of the spirit. And his name was righteousness. And his name was peace. And Jesus is of the order of Melchizedek, which doesn't have a family, which doesn't have brothers and sisters, which is not of the earth. It is of the spirit. And then I raise a people up out of the earth of the spirit. These people don't hold an account when suffering. Why? Because they're on a process of growing up and being perfected in love. How is the Word of God impacting you since we started this back in January? You think about that while I take a drink. I say this in love. If you are not impacted or changed yet, you haven't heard anything that's been declared. Because hearing the word creates the ability to see. When you hear the substance, this is why we need to go listen to Sandra's message. It is profoundly, beautifully deep and the truth. When you hear of the spirit, the word, the substance that creates the earths and the heavens. Hebrews 11 verse 3. By faith we understand the worlds were created by the word of God. Those who hear the way we're intended to hear, not through the flesh, through the lens, the operating system of the Spirit, because I've given you the Spirit to hear the Spirit, hear what the Spirit says to the churches, not words that are coming out of a man's mouth that are English. So I'm not saying you can't hear my English words. You need to hear the Word of God that I'm trying to explain to you through an English language. Okay? If you hear what I'm trying to say, which I know is the Word of God, because I made a decision years ago to never preach anything that I have not had revealed within me. Because he showed me, when you do that, you are preaching your version of me. How do you know this is me, son, if it's not revealed? Because only through revelation can you know the Word. A man can study words through his mind and understand the Hebrew and the Greek. That's not the Word of God. That's just words. That's about culture. That's about a person's culture. The Word of God is spirit. It's not human. It's not fleshly. It's spirit. Paul said, I speak words of spirit and thoughts of spirit. And the natural man cannot comprehend the thoughts and the words of the Spirit because the operating system is completely messed up. So if you hear through the lens of the, of the flesh, there's no way you have the substance in you that enables you to love on offense. You're found out. And that's not that you're a bad person. That's not that you failed. But what they're showing you is you don't have enough of him in you to love on the offense that I'm calling you to be able to love on. So then the ministry of grace power can be poured out on the one who's offending and they can be awakened to a substance called Christ in you, which is greater than what they know. And they might be able to bow their knee and find God. And so it's about hearing a very particular word, the word of God. Romans ten seventeen is where I'm talking from right now. 
And the Bible says that if you can hear through a very specific type of hearing, a very specific type of word, then this thing called faith is birthed in you. And faith is the ability to see it's being fully convinced of a realm and a reality in an unseen realm called a food source that you partake of called Christ and you eat and drink of Christ so you have life within you, John 6, 53 to 55. So now you are partaking through the lens of the Spirit. Now you're seeing all the things that He's allowing you to see that are in an unseen realm, and you're eating a food source called the Word of God from that realm, and it's in you, Christ in you. The promises of God, which God has given us, so what we can what partake of the divine The divine nature is love, is it not? Joy, peace in the Spirit. So when you partake of the divine promises, the Word of God, then you have the nature of God being manifested within you. So if the nature of God is manifesting in you, guess what you can do? Love like God loves when offense comes. To the measure that love is being perfected because we have a whole lifetime for that love to be perfected so it's perfected it's being perfected it will be perfected if we abide in him so we need to know what it even means to abide in him because abiding in God is not just hearing him say go give twenty dollars to that person on the street that is a part of but it's not the big part The big part in abiding in God is partaking of Christ, which means to eat and drink Him, like you would drink and eat natural food. We had an amazing meal last night, didn't we, guys? The Blythes took us out and blessed us, Danny and I. It was a great night, and it was awesome, so thank you for that, guys. Man, me and Rodney had a steak. It was a $40 steak tasted every bit of it I had Dijon mustard to go with it and this garlic mashed potato this creamy mashed potato oh who's getting hungry right about now cafe will be open afterwards (laughs) just a plug there for the cafe (laughs) and every bit when I bit into the steak with the Dijon mustard and the potato was like I want another one of these. It was just the right amount that left you hungry for more. But at the same time, I was full. Isn't that what he promises? So I was full, but still hungry. Someone knew what they were doing. The chef knows exactly what he's doing. It wasn't enough that you're like, it was just right, but I felt full, but it left me wanting more. And that's a principle of the Spirit right there. And what I'm able to do, man, that felt good going down. But you know what? In about two and a half hours later, I'm hungry. (laughs) It takes a lot of food to feed this vessel. I'm going, "Mm, do I want wheat bix? Do I want some cereal? Do I want toast, jam and toast? Do I want tea? Do I want a protein shake? Probably what I should have had after eating the beautiful dessert as well. But see, it's this reality of this food source goes in and it impacts me on the inside. And that's just the natural. 
So what do you think it's like when you partake, when you eat and drink of the power of God, Jesus Christ, and the wisdom of God, Jesus Christ? What do you think it's like when the resurrected life enters you and starts to form himself in you? What do you think you can do? Not because you're trying, it's Christ in me. I can do all things through Christ who what? strengthens me. The joy of the Lord, the Spirit of Christ, is my strength. So I've got Christ in me. Get out the way. I can love on offense. I can act becomingly. I can be patient. I can be kind. I can believe all things. I hope all things. I endure all things. And I bear all things for the sake of love, my Father, because God is love. Is anyone capturing the magnitude of the life the church has been called for? Rather than this little life where we're surviving on earth and we sit at the cross thanking God for taking our sin away, but you know what? We haven't entered to the power of the cross, and so actually sin still holds us, even though he's forgiven us, and he says, I'll not hold it against you. We come up with this warped reality to keep us in justifying our actions. And he's going, what are you doing? I died for the nature of sin. I died for the power of sin. I went to the cross once and for all, and I went into behind the veil as a forerunner for you to come into the life of Melchizedek and me because I am of the order of Melchizedek, and he is not of earth. And you are not of earth. You are saints, priests, called out ones, chosen ones to live a life of the kingdom that is on the earth because it's to be in you and through you. But you are not of the earth for you are a royal priesthood, holy, set apart, chosen to rule and reign and be co-heirs with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Can anyone hear your identity in what I just said? but in a way that actually has you living it. Because if you don't hear the word of what I said, not words, you'll never live what I just said out. And you're called, and I am called, and we are called to live it out. It's when it becomes demonstrated that it's the full manifestation of Christ on the earth. While it sits in a lovely bubble somewhere, it's probably not Him. It has to come in and through you and be built in you so then you're able to do what he calls you to because wisdom is vindicated by her deed. And so guess what? You're able to love on offense. How cool is that? Now there may be offenses and it's okay if you got taken out by an offense. Just ask God to come in and ask him to, he's already forgiven you. Just confess it to him and say, Lord, get this out of me so I can start living the perfected life. We've probably all been offended and we're all offended people, but God doesn't want us to offend one another. He says, you know what? Be really careful with the freedom I give you so you don't devour one another and rip each other apart because your baby's at a play school center. Because you fight over toys, you fight over positions, you fight over this and you fight over that. You know, when the coffee's not happening, we crubble, we scrubble, we get all upset. Where's the coffee? Oh, it's cold, blah, 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 blah. That's what immaturity looks like. When we argue with one another, I'm of Paul, I'm of Greg, I'm of this, I'm of B, I'm of this. I can't speak to you as spiritual men because that's what immaturity looks like. See, the I needs to die 
So none of that behavior exists in the body of Christ. And this is what God wants to do in you and I. So why? We can love when our brothers and sisters who are growing offend us. All things are possible with God, are they not? Let's just go to one scripture, eh? We've got a whole lot, but we're only getting through one. And <laughs> I'm speaking scripture anyway. Uh, 1 Peter 2. 1 Peter 2. See, this is the resurrected Peter. This isn't the Peter pre-Acts. This is post-Acts. Just as a side note, you don't really want to be the Peter before Acts. People say, oh, I really relate to the Peter that put his foot in his mouth. You don't want to. Okay? You don't want to relate to him. You want to relate to the Peter that got up and preached and 3,000 people were added. You don't want to relate to yourself that denied Christ three times. He's there as a picture to show us who not to be. He's not there to show us who we relate to. He's a demonstration of what a man looks like who's trying to live from his flesh because although his spirit is willing, his flesh is weak. So when he's asked to pray in a garden three times, he's asleep. Don't relate to that, Peter, please. Look to the Peter that got the power and the love of God, baptism of fire, birthed into his spirit, and he came alive. And although he was not perfect because he didn't understand the vision of the food coming down, but he left without having understanding and on the road got understanding. Be that, Peter. Be a man or a woman that doesn't understand to believe, but believes to understand. When you don't know, when you have to trust, trust. Don't stand there going, give me the answer, give me the answer, give me the answer. He's going, no, no, this is about faith in me, not in you. So you're flowing against my way, son, because I want to build faith. I want to build sight, and that requires trust. If I just give you everything, there's no trust, and you'll rely on you still. Okay, 1 Peter 2. You ready for this? This is, ah, this is awesome. It's challenging. Okay? We're all in this together. Uh, verse 18. Servants. one word <laughs> are we all servants but are we bond servants encourage you to go look what a bond servant is bond servants and servants are very different people so let's say bond servants be submissive just for, for our context be submissive to your masters okay so this is talking in a different context but I'm going to just slightly shift it so this is not what the word's saying, this is what Greg is saying, okay? Be submissive to your father, heavenly father. Okay? With all respect, not only to those who are good and gentle, but also to those who are unreasonable. Okay, we context back now. For this finds favor if for the sake of conscience toward God a person bears up under sorrows when suffering unjustly. It finds favor when you suffer unjustly. For what credit is there if when you sin and are harshly treated, you endure it with patience? But if when you do what is right, righteousness, 
and suffer for it, you patiently endure it. This finds favor with God. Christ is our example. For you have been called for this purpose. Since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in his steps. Do you know I've had Christians tell me that suffering is not of the Lord and renounce any suffering? Is there any problem with that? It's completely anti-Christ in what Christ taught. And the one we follow suffered for you and I to lead you an example of what looks like when you suffer because you are living righteously. Now hear me and don't hear what I'm not saying. There is a righteous kind of suffering in Christ when you live a right life. So when you actually come into Christ and try to live what I'm talking out, man, you upset a whole lot of people. And that's why you have to love on the offense because, you know, when someone commits their life to Christ, just even being part of a community like this regularly on a Sunday morning or a Sunday night and being part of a discipleship group causes offense in a household. Hold on, this was our time. This is what we do. We play sport in this house. We every Sunday go and do this as a couple. Now you want to go hang out with a whole bunch of people that I don't know and you don't really know? Now you want to start giving. You want to start serving there. There's more time. Now you want to give money. What, are you off your head? This happens in the body of Christ. Not just for non-Christians. This happens right here. There's a fight that goes on when you come into truth that captivates and catapults you into Christ and now you're living to an apostolic standard that people who are on earth don't like because they view it through the lens of loss, not life. But in Christ, there is no loss. There is only life. But you have to know how to navigate that thing, man, because it has got dynamite attached to it. People's flesh is horrible. It's aggressive. It's ugly. So he's saying, I'm giving you, I'm showing you, I'm giving you an example that suffering in me is right if you live a right life. And guess what? When that happens, that finds favor with me. Jesus grew in the wisdom and the favor of his father and people. You see, the people are waiting for the church to live this life because then they're going to have favor with people and people might want to know the Lord we actually say we love and live for because we're suffering and they go, how does that work? This isn't earthly, is it? challenges to be honest guys the church have preached earthly messages for too long and God is choking it out it's time for the Lord's word to be declared into the church and I don't want a God that's powerless I don't want a God that I can understand in my mind I don't want nice little pithy things that tickle my ears I want the real thing because I want to live the real way I want to become what's written here. Do you? And if you do, then the word I'm speaking must be declared. Because it's the power that takes you from a dead person 
to a living person. You cannot bring yourself back to life, can you? And do you know that we were all dead in our transgression and sin and our iniquity? So what do you think creates the born-again life? Your ability to live or his power to raise you, not once, your entire life, that raises you to a standard that's not earthly, it's eternal, it's not temporal, it's eternal, because this is who you are. So if you want to truly live in your identity of sons, Man, do you need my power, my word, my wisdom to be able to demonstrate me so then you never get offended. And if you get offended, that's okay. But don't hold it. Don't let it stew. Take it captive. Don't give it life because just like the word of God is a seed, the lie of the devil is a seed. Just like the word of God gets planted, so does the lie. Why do you think he lies? Why do you think when someone offends you, your flesh and his voice jump on that and say, you have every right to feel this way. Every right. But bond servants don't have rights. They gave up their rights the day they met the Lord. You see why you need to know the truth? Because the father of lies and deception and temptation is going to throw you all sorts of curly ones when man's flesh manifests because man doesn't know who he is. And there are little offenses that take people out and there are massive offenses. One word can cause offense, can it not? People talking about you can cause offense, can it not? Only if you let it, because of the substance that's in you, because you're determined to be able to live a life out that you can in him. And so just like Jacob, you wouldn't let him go until you bless me. He wrestled with an angel all night, and the angel lost. I'm not letting you go till you bless me. Do you know that is the level of thirst and hunger one needs to come into what I'm talking about? So the challenge or the opportunity is so full, but it tests the heart of man like no other. Because what it does, the word of God, which judges every thought and intention of the heart, shines a light into the heart of man and reveals the darkness. It reveals what man loves. For the purpose of what, Greg? Shame? No. Pulling down? No. Being against? No. Exposing someone so they can be embarrassed? No. Building up. Building up. Knowing who you are predestined to be. Raising you above the earth. The Father loves us so much, he has to shine into our hearts and show us a state of our heart that probably we don't even know it is. And he does it because he loves us. And he does it to raise up a standard and a bar and a church. So he gets glorified. The church comes into the life they were predestined to come into. 
and a world sees God through a church. It's a win, win, win. He goes on and he says this. This is 1 Peter 2 again. I give you an example for you to follow in his steps. Who committed, you ready? No sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. And while being reviled, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats, but kept entrusting himself to him, his father, who judges righteously. Who have you entrusted your life to? In John 2, Jesus said, I will not entrust my heart to man, for I know what is in man. Are you entrusting your life into the heart of a person? Have you given your heart to a person or the person? Have you given your heart to the creator or the creation? Are you giving it to a thing? So it may not be a person, but are you giving it to a pet? Are you giving it to a job? Are you giving it to a passion? Jesus did not entrust himself to man, but he entrusted himself to his Father who judges righteously so then he could live a righteous life. You see, if you give your heart to someone, you've given it to the wrong person, which means you can't live righteously because you've got to give your heart to the right person if you're going to live a life of righteousness. So you don't have the substance. You've got a person in there. It's the wrong person. It's the wrong thing. Jesus is hidden in there somewhere, and he wants out, but it's the other person that keeps coming out called your flesh. See, it's idolatry. You have idols, people, things, possessions, passions, stuff in your heart, and he's competing for lordship over those things. So when you are pressed, all those things come out, not him, because he's the smallest person in there. Pray with me for one hour, men. Now what did Peter have passion and purpose and power to do? Sleep, and what else? Cut off ears. Your flesh has plenty of passion, purpose to do the wrong thing, not the right thing, the righteous thing. It, you've got all the power to do the wrong thing. And we have zero power to do the right thing if we are not abiding in Christ. So when you're asked to actually be obedient, depending on who's in you and who's trumping you, well, that one wins. Hey, come out on a Wednesday morning and pray for one hour, 15 minutes, half an hour, five seconds, five minutes for the nation, what God's doing, the building of the church. Do we have the power, the presence, the passion, the purposes of God in our hearts that we find ourselves there because that's what he's asking? Are we under lordship or our own lordship? Well, you don't understand, Greg, because I've got this, 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 and this. 
I understand that full well because I have this, 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 and this as well. But see, I made a decision to say, yes, Lord. And God honors what he asks. And sometimes we're asking for stuff, but we're not honoring. So we're never getting because we want it on our terms. And just like Peter, he didn't have the life of God in him at this point to actually do what he was asked. But man, did the man have all the power to do the thing he wasn't asked. Do you not know this is written, that this must happen? It must happen. Because why? Because it's already written. Jesus and God and the Word is always telling you and I the future. It's done. Do you know it? Because you're in Him. Am I telling a lie by that? Hey, I'm going to die and I'm going to rise in three days. That's the future, is it? Hey, you're going to deny me. Did he? Hey, I'm going to Galilee. Meet me there. Where were they? Back at fishing. The future is foretold. Did Abraham not see a city built in the future? And did his life life now be defined through that vision? Mm Mm-hmm. So a man who was actually an ambassador from another realm is living a type of life because he's seeing the Word of God. This is how far the church has strayed from the Word of God because we may not be in the Word of God because we're in other things. And when you're in other things, you know what you can't do? You can't love when offense comes. And you know what you do? You take in the offense. And if you take in the offense and don't let God deal with the offense because you've been offended, and when you get offended, you look for justice. You look for your pound of to feel good about your flesh. And you don't let go until you get that justification. Anyone hearing me? Why do you think people die from unforgiveness, bitterness, because it actually affects their body like the scripture says. It enters into the spirit, but before long it's festering and it manifests in something like cancer. It manifests in a brain tumor. It can manifest because it has been stewed over and stewed over and stewed on and stewed on. And all of a sudden a person is out of their mind and this thing has taken over their entire body. And we're trying to heal that with medicine and all stuff. And look, I'm not against that stuff, but our first place priority is him. And we've got to look at the root and how it's all caused. But let's get back to him. Have you left your first love? Is he knocking on the door of your heart? change is a coming I've had a phenomenal we've had a phenomenal I and we because I was in Cambodia for two weeks and then we were in Auckland Danny and I and then we were in Raglan as a family on mission not on holiday but going into the township of Raglan knocking on doors saying hi to people praying for people it was awesome I loved it felt so in the zone with my father guiding me which house to go to what house not to go to lay hands on a young boy had a massive growth thing on his neck just awesome stuff 
getting out there, getting out of my boat, stepping out of my own comfort zone and getting more in him. Phenomenal stuff, you know. But here's the thing. There's a work that God wants to do in the church at Raglan. And the people say they want change, but they don't want to be changed. We say, yes, Lord, we want change. We want you to come. We want you to come and do this phenomenal work. And then he turns up and we say, oh, I don't want to be changed. I was talking about that person or that person. He goes, yeah, I know you were. I'm talking about you getting on the altar, which is your true act of worship, not singing songs. Your true act of worship is getting on an altar and letting me go to work on your heart and your mind and never getting off it so I can build my life in you because I'm the master surgeon that builds the church so the gates of hell never overpower her. And then you'll know I am your provider in all things. Because Abraham gave his boy because he knew God was going to provide either a ram or he could raise the son up because the man was a man of faith. Why? Because he heard the word, it got produced in him, and he had an ability to see into the future and see Christ being raised up. And he also heard the word from the Father that said, go to that mountain because I'm going to provide for you on that mountain. Don't go to the other mountains. Go to the mountain I'm showing you because there will be a ram there. So he said, me and the boy are going over there to worship, and then we will come back. You hear what I just said? That alone should radically change your whole understanding if you've bought into this thing that Abraham was like this. What's going to happen? That was not Abraham. Abraham went, I heard the word of the Lord. I have absolute conviction of the word and I I know God will provide. So I take the show and I kill my boy. But he heard, stop. Sweet. Okay. How are you going to do it? Okay. Here's the ram. Thanks very much. Cool. Off we go. Faith. I'm just going to finish this, Peter, and then I'm just going to read it and we're done. We're up to verse uh, 24. And he himself, Jesus, bore our sins in his body on the cross. We all agree with that? He bore our sins. There's a reason why he bore our sins. So that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. He died for your sin for a very extreme purpose that you would no longer be bound up in sin, but you would live a life of righteousness, right standing in an alignment to his story. Not your story, his story for a body. I'm not interested in sacrifices. I'm not interested in this. I'm looking for a body that has been prepared for the head. Who is she? It starts with B. Body, bride. I believe the maturest form of relationship is a bride. It's the most intimate relationship known to mankind outside of God and man for a very specific reason to show us something about him and us. A life of righteousness, for by his wounds you were healed. 
set free to live a life of righteousness, right standing, right alignment. So when offense comes, I'm able to love, not take it in and cover and love on in the hope that the person who I'm loving on would see Christ in me and bow the knee. Not to man, Christ in the man. And I get to share the Christ of the transformational work and how I'm able to love that person that way. True testimony of the work of the cross, not talking about the words of the cross of what Jesus did, but in what it's done in me. You hear the difference? I'm not saying one is wrong. What I'm saying is one defines the other in a way that's so different from a guy that died for a sin. You need to invite him into your life because you're a sinner. Then let me tell you about a man that put love in me and it's changing me and I'm in a joy and a peace and a rest that enables to love you in offense like that. Father, I want to thank you for your life given. I want to thank you that it is a life of power and passion and purpose and presence. I want to thank you this life can be in us as we pursue you like Jacob did and say, I'm not leaving until you bless me with what you have for me. I pray, God, that that would be a a heart motive that is pure and in your will. You say to us to ask, seek, and knock, and we don't receive because we don't ask or we ask with the wrong motive. And God, I thank you that all things are possible in you. I thank you for the indestructible life, the power of an indestructible life that was in your son. It was in Paul. It was in Stephen. It manifested in your disciples. It manifested in the early church, God. And it can manifest today in us as a church called The Rock and us as a body of Christ when we feed on the right substance, when we eat and drink of the right substance, your son, the word of God, not his words, but the word of God. So we don't search the scriptures, we search the person which the scriptures point us to this morning, God. And I thank you for abundant life that is present and available today. So do not harden your hearts like they did in the wilderness when they saw signs and wonders, but receive a word that would change you today and have belief, not unbelief, for they did not enter their rest and if there remains a day to enter enter into it do everything to enter into the promise fear it if you have not yet entered into the rest sabbath rest for the church hear the word and respond the righteous way today while today still is today you have an opportunity right now to respond in your heart you may be bowled over by a car when you leave here I don't know you may get cancer you may get news that's horrific as soon as you leave today is today my people your life is just a vapor you are a mist you are a phantom producing yourselves a heart of wisdom Teach me to number my days, Lord, so I enter into and I am prepared for your return now. Hear the word and respond appropriately to your heart. Hear it correctly. Don't be afraid. Don't let your flesh tell you to run away, run into. God runs to meet his sons that we're running away from the Son, the Father. 
to run into life, not away from life, because you're afraid. I bind fear in the name of Jesus, and I loosen a spirit of life, power, and a sound mind in Jesus' name. Now, in your name, God, I thank you that love crushes fear. I thank you, Lord, that love casts fear out. I thank you that love is more powerful than fear the flesh. Receive love today in the name of God. Receive the word of God, the love of God into your heart, into your mind. The place of understanding the heart. And respond and watch him. Watch what he can do like Sarah said. Watch what he can do through submission and surrender. Through seeking, asking and knocking. Lay every other thing aside and seek him. Man, he is knocking loud this morning. Knocking really loud. He wants in for the purpose of bringing you life. Is there anyone, I'm just going to put this out there while we've just got our eyes ba- heads bowed, but I'm going to invite you to stand. If you, if you know you need to respond to this message, I just want to pray for you. I invite you to stand right now in front of God and everyone else. I need to respond. I'm not in this and I want to be in this. If that's you, don't do it out of obligation. Do it because the Spirit is knocking on your heart. And you know, I just want to pray with you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Thank you that love covers us, Lord. Thank you that love is the first, the middle, the end, the end, the middle, the beginning. Thank you that there is no failure in you. There's only running towards the finish line. Father, we respond this morning through standing in front of you and our brothers and sisters. as a sign, as a declaration, as a statement of our faith, our relationship in you, God, saying we want more. And today we pursue you with all we are. Lord, today help us. Give us your power to set things aside, to reprioritize our life, that people and stuff and things are not at the center of our lives. Lord, we don't want to be people that just invite you in to help us with our lives. We want to be people that live a full life in you. Father, forgive us if we've incorporated you in rather than fully surrendered to you. And come and fill us afresh right now through your power, Holy Spirit. Fill us with the word. Restore unto you. Refresh, Lord, as maybe we return to you this morning. Fill us anew today, God, in the power of your Holy Spirit. And the word of the Spirit. Spirit, we ask you to teach us from this day forward. We'll be found in your presence. We'll be found with the word and a notebook and a pen, waiting to be taught and learn from our Messiah. Thank you, Father, for life. All you know is life, and you have saved us from death and are raising us to a brand new life. So, God, we lay hold of what we've been laid hold for. We press on towards the call of the upward call in Christ. And we live in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen.